Next up on Saturday mornings at your service, it's Welcome to Health. Greatest Grains and the Welcome to Health Center bring you Dr. Kurt Rexroth, chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. Dr. Rexroth is here to answer your questions about chiropractic, nutrition, or healthy weight loss. I'm online at welcometohealth.com. And now here's Dr. Kurt Rexroth. We've got a great topic today. I'm very excited about it. And I tell you, it's something that uh, is extraordinarily important. And I want you to, to realize that when it comes to important topics, nutrition is right at the center. What we have to have is we have to have a way of understanding ourselves, our bodies, and our intake of food, our exposure to the sun, our exposure to the atmosphere and the, the, the sunlight, etc. We have to have a, a concept of all of that that sums up to actually giving us the health we need. And that is so incredibly important. Today we're going to be focusing on the nutrient, the chemical in the body that actually upregulates and downregulates over 250 metabolic functions in the body. And that particular chemical is a little carbon atom with three hydrogens attached to it that actually has the ability to turn genes on and turn genes off. And this is something that we're going to be looking at very, very carefully. But first, I want to do a little bit of announcing here. We're going to have a, um, our normal Tuesday evening seminar at 6.30 and on Tuesday evening at the Welcome to Health Center. Now, many of you don't know where the Welcome to Health Center is. And I think it's very important that I, I make that real clear because it's so easy to get to. If you know where Kmart is in Moline on the Avenue of the Cities, formerly known as 23rd Avenue, if you know where that is, it's just very, very easy to get there because right across the, the, right across the street from 53rd Street there on, uh, from Kmart, you will find the Welcome to Health Center. In fact, it's got a nice sign out there. It has a picture of me on it, and that's uh, pretty hard to miss when it comes to things because looking for a human face around an area is uh, very, very helpful. It's very, very important to realize um, how important methylation is. What we have going here is the ability to down, upregulate and downregulate genes is so vital that when, we, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, the, the um, well, let's, let's just look at this in a systematic way. Okay. Our genes actually work so well that they can, they, they, they put the rest of the body together. In fact, when you start, when you're just uh, an egg just being first fertilized, all of these mechanisms are going and these chemicals are being put together, proteins are being built, the body is being assembled out of these proteins, and these genes are being switched on and off the entire time. Now, how important is it that we have the proper methylation of these genes? Well, if, as a matter of fact, the genes are switched off at the wrong time, then you get bad results. A certain part won't be built properly. And it's all so incredibly and delicately coordinated that it's so important to have these methyl groups that are available because what they do is this. We've got a DNA molecule, and it's a very, very complex molecule that, that is, um, it, it, it contains a genetic code, but it's not just a code. It's a code for protein manufacture and protein building. And the, 
important part of that uh, mechanism is that when the when the uh, code is produced properly, then you get a healthy body. When it's not produced properly, things just don't work. Things will be absent. For example, you'll have um, a problem with mental function or you'll have a problem with um, intestinal function. And right now in the United States, one of the biggest problems, of course, we have in the United States is the problem of autism. And it's gotten to such a horrible level that at this particular point, one in 65 babies born will have some autistic spectrum problems. Namely, they will be somewhere on the spectrum from uh, dysfunctional, fully dysfunctional, all the way to almost normal function. And that spectrum is, is um, something that has been, you know, the numbers have been increasing, increasing, increasing. And it's, it's tragic, absolutely tragic. And a big part of the autism spectrum problem is that the methylation of the developing fetus and the methylation of the, that is in the food supply after the, the child is born is so poor that you cannot depend on the proper expression of genes. Now, where did this problem come from? Where did this methylation problem come from? Because when I was a kid, autism was, oh gosh, maybe one in 15,000 children that were born would be autistic. It was very, very low. So when did it start advancing? Well, the problem started getting really bad back in the 90s. And it came along with another problem, another problem that was um, something that was sus they were suspicious that my, something might be going on, was the problem with spina bifida and spina bifida occulta. Now, spina bifida as an advanced disease is a very serious neurological problem. Spina bifida occulta, on the other hand, is called occulta because it's hidden. You know, the occult is the, you know, you would think of the occult as a, a hidden magic type of thing. Well, spina bifida occulta is that the, the um, spine, the lower back spine in particular, not necessarily, but usually it's in the sacrum or the tailbone and the um, lower lumbar spine, the back of the spine or the back bones uh, in those backbones don't completely close. And so you have an open place in the sacrum, the tailbone, or in the lower lumbar vertebra where they don't join and protect the nerve cord as it comes down from the brain. Now, in spina bifida, that nerve cord can actually come out and cause all kinds of problems. It kind of, you know, is, is outside the normal uh, area where it's supposed to be. But in spina bifida occulta, it's just not completely closed. And um, it's kind of protected in other ways. But on an x-ray, for example, you can see that. Now, back in the 90s, because of this emerging problem, and they saw it coming on more and more, because of this emerging problem, um, the medical profession and the nutritional profession said we need to make sure that people get more methylation in their diet. And particularly folate was the main methyl donor that they thought they better increase. Well, they, they knew that, they're, that just producing more folate or getting people to eat more greens and more, you know, uh, um, of the uh, broccoli and um, Brussels sprouts and all of this stuff was going to be a little tough. 
So they decided to supplement all the foods that were produced. In fact, back in the 90s, they, they basically said that you've got to have uh, folic acid in absolutely all processed foods. And so they, they actually even uh, made it a law where you had to have a certain amount of folic acid, 0.7 milligrams of folic acid per serving. And that, was, that law was passed in 1998. Now, what that did was that did actually reduce the number of spina bifida occulta cases. And so to some extent, it was a success. But I have to tell you, from people that were born after that, I am still getting people, when I look at their x-rays, I all, all, you know, still see lots of spina bifida cases uh, when I examine them on x-ray. And that shouldn't happen because of this you know, national nutritional program to up the folate in the diet. Well, the problem with the supplementation of folic acid is very, very simple, and that is it's folic acid without the methyl group. The form of folate that actually works, namely that it does what you want it to do, is a form of folate called 5-methyl-tetrahydrofolate. And that first word on there, after the 5, methyl, is the part of the folate molecule that actually upregulates and downregulates genes. And it is actually the part of that folate a molecule that reduces the problem with spina bifida and spina bifida occulta. So when you put a folic acid into the mix, that can help with certain people. But certain people don't have the capacity to methylate folic acid, and therefore they don't have the capacity to turn folic acid into the nutrient that the body needs. It's kind of like this, and I've used this illustration before, but it's, it's so graphic that I want to use it again. It's kind of like I ask if, you have a, um, if your car runs on petroleum, and you say, yes, it does. And I say, well, great, because I've got a 55-gallon drum of petroleum here, and let's just put it in your car and, and uh, see how well it works. And you say, well, what kind of petroleum is it? I say, it's crude oil. And you say, oh, don't put crude oil in my gas tank. That'll gum up everything. And... You say, you've got to refine that crude oil into gasoline before I can use it in my car. You know, it's the same thing with folic acid. You give a person folic acid and straight out, and if they're not able to refine it into 5-methyl-tetrahydrofolate, MTHF, they are going to gum up the entire system because you're going to have all this folic acid in your system, non-methylated folic acid, and the only thing it wants to do is methylate itself. And so what it's going to do in the liver, for example, it's going to pull out all the methyl groups it possibly can from the liver and to methylate itself so now it can become the right form of folic acid. Now, some people don't have the capacity to do that at all. About a third of the people in the United States don't have the capacity to even um, fully methylate folic acid to make it into a useful form. So they just gum up entirely. Their folic acid levels in their blood and in their liver, et cetera, are extremely high. And they're actually pulling, you know, they, 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 um, they are not getting the methylation they need to build healthy cells and to express their genes properly. So as a result, they start having all kinds of problems. But even if you have the ability to turn folic acid into methylfolate, 
you still are robbing folate from all kinds of other systems in order to do so. And also, you're blocking folate receptors with folic acid when, as a matter of fact, they're still not doing what they need to do. So what I'm encouraging you to do today is I'm encouraging you to take a look at your, the supplements you take, the vitamin supplements, and look at the labels of the foods you're eating and look and see if there is folic acid in them. Folic acid is the cheapest form of folate you can possibly get, and that's why they used it. it was a, they figured it'd be cost effective. But what's happening at this point is that the use of folic acid in all of our processed foods, in all of our breads, et cetera, unless you're buying organic bread produced without it, putting folic acid in all of this stuff is actually robbing us of the appropriate methylation and causing all kinds of problems. I mean, you don't get problems much bigger than the, the autism uh, epidemic that's going on in the United States right now. And to a large extent, it can be traced back to the fact that folic acid is being used in all of our supplements instead of 5-methyltetrahydrofolate. So what I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to read all those labels because it's important to know this. Okay, another thing, the problem with the um, folic acid is that it actually covers up some of the anemias, especially the vitamin B12 deficiency anemias, and it can actually hide a vitamin B12 deficiency. And there's lots of problems with, with B12 anyway. Uh, one of them is that most of the supplements, again, use the cheap form of vitamin B12 called cyanocobalamin instead of methylcobalamin or adenosylcobalamin. The active forms are methyl and adenosyl, and, um, but the cyanocobalamin is the cheapest and most available form used in most supplements and in most um, uh, you know, injections and things like that of B12. So, and again, if it's cyanocobalamin, in order to become methylcobalamin, that B12 has to rob methyl groups from other systems again. It has to take it when it's going through the liver and all these other liver functions that depend on methylation or that little carbon molecule with three hydrogens on it, all of the other processes have to go wanting. One of those extraordinarily important processes is the um, glutathione detoxification of heavy metals and the um, pesticide, the herbicide glyphosate. And this is one of the, <laughs> a huge issue now in nutrition. And what we're seeing now, especially in our younger population, in the population of, of younger people in the, the millennials, the people that were born around 2000, is that we have an incredible epidemic of weakness and low energy, frequent illnesses, changes in mood, um, irritability, poor digestion, bloating, confusion, forgetfulness, uh, premature graying of the hair, loss of appetite, pale skin, sores, red tongue, and, and sores in the mouth, and even occasionally a, or a lot of, of either loose stools or constipation. And I mean, this is just an epidemic. I see people all the time in the clinic that have these problems, particularly the energy just falls away. And of course, it's blamed on things like, like mononucleosis and uh, things like this. But even mononucleosis can be traced largely back to a failure in the methylation cycle. So we've got methylfolate 
vitamin B12 and all of these different issues and detoxification issues with glutathione. And you realize that, I mean, this glutathione thing is just so big because it also depends directly on the methylation cycles. It's so vital. In fact, why does it produce confusion in the brain? Well, it produces confusion because the brain produces, it's, it's metabolically so active, it produces so many toxins just in doing what the brain does that it needs to be cleaned out. And the primary antioxidant in the brain is glutathione. What does glutathione depend on? It depends on having enough methyl groups to methylate it and make it able to actually remove heavy metals, uh, metabolic toxins, et cetera, um, things like, uh, well, there's a whole group of things. You can, almost any toxin you mention, it's going to be ultimately removed through some kind of methylation cycle. So, where are we on this? Well, one of the reasons that we're so low on all of this methylation stuff is primarily because of the herbicide Roundup. Now, I know a lot of you use Roundup in your yards. You use Roundup to get rid of weeds. Uh, in, the, in the farming community, Roundup is used in massive tonnage I mean, a trillion tons a year are sprayed just in the United States. It's absolutely incredible how much glyphosate is sprayed on crops, how much it's used in yards and things. And you've got to know that this is impinging radically on the methylation, your ability to methylate. So what's going on with that? Well, Roundup, or glyphosate is the chemical term for it, is a chemical that has been patented and used in the food cycle for since in the 90s. In fact, the early 90s is when it came in. And that's when you know, all of these big problems started. And since the early 90s, the um, glyphosate or the Roundup has been used on crops, not only just genetically modified crops, but on Almost like 99% of the wheat in the country is sprayed to dry it out before harvest to increase yields. And what this, this um, spray is, does is it actually kills the plant by becoming incorporated into the plant itself. So this is not just a pesticide that's sprayed on the leaves. This is a pesticide, that, or a herbicide in this case, that kills non-genetically modified plants by actually getting in and um, grabbing onto the molecules that they need to stay alive. And it prevents the plants from using vital nutrients. Okay, now, what vital nutrients does it prevent them from using? Mostly, it prevents them from using minerals. Okay, and it kills the plant. Now, why do you want to kill wheat? Well, you want to kill wheat a week before you harvest it so you don't have any green spots in the field. But the ultimate purpose of this this um, herbicide is something that they say we could patent it, we could use it on human foods because it doesn't harm human beings. It targets what's called the shixinate pathway, and that particular pathway is only found in plants, it was argued. So since human beings don't have that pathway, it's not going to harm human beings. They're not going to kill human beings. But what they didn't tell you was this that the first patent on Roundup was actually as a, an antibiotic. 
And as an antibiotic, it kills bacteria. Now, what kill bacteria does it kill? Well, you know, it doesn't kill the harmful bacteria nearly as well as it kills the friendly bacteria in your gut. And what do friendly bacteria do in your gut? What they do is they eat a lot of the foods you eat and turn those foods into vitamins. What's one of the vitamins those bacteria turn your food into? Well, you've guessed it. Folate, active methyl tetrahydrofolate. And if you don't have the bacteria to do it, you are in trouble. Hopefully you've gotten a good sense of the importance of methyl tetrahydrofolate and the fact that you need that particular form in your supplements. If it's not spelled out, read the labels. If it's not spelled out that way, then you're probably not getting it because it's more expensive than the other forms. Um, so make sure you read the labels. I would recommend that you stop eating foods that are labeled with folic acid because that's not a methylated form. It's not an active form of folate. And for some people, it'll gum you up really, really bad and make it impossible to actually use the normal form of folate. There's a couple other things, though, too. At the clinic, at the Welcome to Health Center, we actually test for these genetic SNPs or these single nucleotide polymorphisms that actually can tell us whether you are one of the people that can actually methylate properly in your body. We not only do the MTHFR or the reductase form of those different genes, but we do several other genes that tell us exactly what your methylation capacity is. And depending on what we find, we can actually supplement your, supplement your methylation in a, such a way that even if you don't take things in well through the gut, we can handle you. We have a methylation products that actually are transdermal. You rub them on non-hairy areas of your body, and you absorb the methylation right through your skin. And what forms do we use? Well, we use the proper forms of B, B, um, uh, folate, folate, the M methyl folate. We also use the proper forms of B12. We use a couple different forms of B6. And all of these things are actually absorbed right through your skin. It's the closest thing to receiving an injection we can give you at our clinic but it actually helps you gain the proper methylation. And therefore, it helps you do proper detoxification, proper energy production, proper immune system function, etc. And so all of these things are things that we can help you with at the Welcome to Health Center. Give us a call. The number is going to be given to you in just a second. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth part of Saturday mornings at your service sponsored by the welcome to health center and greatest grains. Dr. Rex Roth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then give the good doctor a call at 309-764-2115 or find him online at welcome to where you can download podcasts of this program, ask questions on the blog, find out about special events and request an appointment with Dr. Rex Roth. And remember, Dr. Rexroth donates his services as a guest speaker to Quad Cities clubs, church groups, and business organizations.